Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I have your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amon. And welcome to episode 47, season 3, episode 11, St. Valentine's Day, originally airing February 12th, 2009. David, if you would please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Liz accidentally scheduled her first date with Drew on Valentine's Day. Speaking of first dates on Valentine's Day, Kenneth falls in love with a beautiful blind woman, but he can't speak to her, so Tracy is his voice and sets up a lovely date night for him on Valentine's Day where lots of people in 30 Rock Crew work on it as opposed to... You mean lots and you mean two, two well, people Well, Reason.com and Jenna. Damn. Three of the more, three of the more, yes, not the writers' room, but I don't think we see the writers in this episode. And also, Jack really wants to take Elisa to uh, have fancy dessert for Valentine's Day, but she is a devout Catholic, so she needs to go to church and yes. takes him to church. Yes, and also there's a lot of McDonald's product placement. Yes, which we will get into as we get there. Uh, so thoughts on this episode? It was good. It was it was pretty good. I thought. Okay. Yeah. Why you you look like you didn't think it was that great? Uh, I think I had better memories of it than ah. um, than actually watching it. Like I, again, I, I I mixed this episode up with the last episode, so I just the jokes sort of run together for me. Um, I really enjoy the Kenneth and Tracy storyline just because it's so goofy, it's so sitcommy, but like they're aware of how goofy that it is that it makes it funny. Uh, the Elisa and the Jack storyline. It kind of falls flat for me just because like I'm not really like a religious person, so I side more with Elisa because it's like, well, yeah, you kind of have to get there's a give and take in a relationship, and all she's asking is to go to church. But then you have Jack, who's like, who's done the church thing, but also realizes it's to him it's not that important, and yada yada yada. Uh, but then we come back to the Liz and the Doctor Baird story, and it starts off pretty sane, and then just gets bonkers to go from the first date to the fourth date to the 20th date to uh, marriage 30 years down the line in uh, one night in one night uh deal with everything and it's uh there's a lot of there's a lot of funny moments in this but i think last week's just ekes it out a little bit more oh last week's was definitely funnier but but there's still a lot to, to take away and laugh about in this episode i enjoyed it a lot it's the the reveal of at the very end on the deathbed and just the Tracy being the voice for Kenneth and doing the worst job at it and then the reveal that you know why she walks away from Kenneth and all of that it's just there's a lot of funny moments in this uh, it's it's but it's it's that rapid fire sort of 30 rock spirit of just once we get past the opening credits it's just constantly moving forward I think it's very well very tight episode I think any other thoughts? Let's hop in. Let's hop in. All right. A cold open is basically going to set up the premise uh, for everyone but Kenneth, but we'll get him after the cold opening. Oh, good morning, Dr. Baird. Morning, regular person Lemon. <laughs> oh, hey, are you around this weekend? Uh, maybe we could have that date yes. come. Okay. Uh, how about Friday? Oh, no, Friday I have a stupid show. How about Saturday? Saturday. Uh, okay, I guess that doesn't have to be weird. Okay, then. Okay. Valentine's Day it is. Saturday is Valentine's Day? No words! 
sound so sexy when you say that. Say it again. Your mother's gone back to Florida. These McFlurries are amazing. I know. The soft swirl of vanilla and the hard crunch of candy and cookies. Do you think they fight each other? But no. Together, they are perfecto. Some would say that describes us. Who would say such a crazy thing? We are us. Let a McFlurry be what it is. The world's greatest dessert. Actually, the world's greatest dessert is served in a restaurant right here in New York called Plunder. It costs $1,000. Lucky for you, your boyfriend got reservations for Valentine's Day. But I have to go to church. On Valentine's Day? Is that a thing? It is the feast of the martyrdom of St. Valentine. Please, Jack, don't tell me you're one of those convenient Catholics that only goes to church every Sunday. <laughs> it's to their credit as actors that they could do that scene and pull it off. And yeah. despite that, I mean, the things they're saying are so hokey. Like, the fact that they make it somehow work is a credit to their abilities as actors. Yeah. So I guess we should confront the elephant in the room in terms of the product placement. According to Tina Fey, there was a lot of blowback regarding the McFlurry and the McDonald's product placement in this episode. Uh, this was not asked of McDonald's. They did not pay for any product placement. They were actually approached by 30 Rock to make the jokes. They were almost certain the jokes would be cut and they would have to do a generic product to to just make the joke work. But they actually got clearance from McDonald's and there was no actual ad buy involved in this. This is seemingly the writers really disliking McFlurries and wanting to talk about it, or they just maybe thought McFlurry's such a funny thing for Jack, of all people, to sort of find an infatuation with, considering he's, you know, talking about eating a 25-carat gold dessert cake. So maybe it's them just... He finds, the, he finds some of the simple things enjoyable. So. Yeah, I guess the tip off that it isn't product placement it isn't ad buy is that in the scene when lisa says it's the greatest dessert ever and he and jen jack says like actually the greatest dessert ever so like if i guess if it were actual ad copy it's unlikely they would have let them say that line or so that makes sense like next to the mcflurry or something like that or yeah they would, they would have to compare them on the same level. But yeah, I, I really do think it is generally the writers are just like, we really like McFlurries and we want to make, and it's it's a funny word, so we want to just work it into the script somehow. So. But Oreo McFlurries are tasty. I, don't like I haven't them. had one in a very, very long time, but they're tasty. I'm sure they're wonderful. Do they still make them? They do still make them. I think them. so. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because one of my co-workers, we had there's a McDonald's not far from my office, one of my co-workers on rare occasion goes over and gets one. So yes, they do. Okay. To each of their own. I'm just, I don't know. I mean, the only, I didn't really start eating ice cream slash yogurt again until we started dating. And even then, before that, I was not much of an ice cream person. It's just not, not for me. And is it only vanilla? They don't do other flavors, do they? Mm, unless they've changed this is it. Not a, this is not an ad buy. <laughs> just clearing the air. We are not sponsored by McDonald's. Yeah. Although we'd like to be. No. <laughs> Email <Sorry>. us. <laughs> We're sponsoring all sorts of podcasts. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so from what I remember, um, it was only vanilla, but it was like different things you could mix in, like yeah, Oreos yeah. or m and I think Oreos and M&M's were the main one, and I think they did other flavors. Oh, so uh, full disclosure, well, not disclosure, but I worked at McDonald's for 
a year, year and a half in high school. So. He just quit. So <laughs> I just quit. Yeah. No. This no. So this was oh god, fourteen, oh 15 god. years ago. That seems so long ago. Jeez, how long has the McFlurry been around then? Because it was around yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, it's been around I'm a, a while. Kid, but like a teenager. Jeez, it's probably yeah, so been close to twenty years. It's got to be close to twenty years. Yeah, because it, 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 it had been around a few years by the time I worked. Anyway. Anyway. And I remember that. But mostly what I remember is people ordering flurries and people always fucking up the ice cream machine because they would the, the so there were big basically the cream for the ice cream machine came in like a big bag and mm-hmm. buttermilk for the biscuits in the morning also came in a bag. <laughs> so oh, the thing no. was the buttermilk had a I think it was a tan seal at the top where the ice cream cream had a green seal, which was obviously not distinctive enough because people mess it up all the time. And all the time, people <laughs> would put buttermilk in the ice cream oh. maker, and the ice cream maker would be broken for So that, maybe that explains all those memes I see going around of the McDonald's ice cream. is Everyone's asking for McDonald's ice cream, and the, the answer is always the machine's broken. Maybe that's why I was I mean, up the buttermilk and the McFlurry It mix. happened so frequently that I can't believe that McDonald's whatever i mean i can't imagine how many buttermilk bags or it just it's insane to me that i mean maybe it's long been fixed you know and it's more clearly labeled but like it happened all the freaking time it was ridiculous holy shit so all of this talk of the mcflurry reminded me that the dq blizzard the dairy queen blizzard oh, mm-hmm. and i was like which one came first i'm pretty sure the blizzard existed a long time, right? before yeah. mcflurry so just a quick google Oh my god. And the um, the first response on Quora was the first Dairy Queen opened in 1940, the Blizzard came into existence in 1985. As a contrast, the first McDonald's opened in 1955, and the Meek Flurry came out in 1998. So it's just a little over 20 oh. years old. Yeah. But look at this wall of text this person has insisted to talk about, not even relating to anything except a flurry is something small and non impressive, and a blizzard is something that is powerful and keeps people trapped indoors. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> if you haven't noticed, often answers on Quora are long and rambling. Um, and some of, Sometimes they're the best. And although it wasn't a Quora answer, it was a Yahoo Answers. That's where the infamous How is Babby form came from. So sometimes they're the best. In this case, it is not. That is that is a bad answer. It's an answer that got me the answer, but and it also got me a story that I don't care for. So Anyway, speaking of the best dessert in New York... <laughs> The world's most expensive uh, restaurant Sunday. Um, same restaurant up the ante. This is so. This article is from 2014. So a lot of this information could have changed. Oh my God! They up the ante by rolling out a $25,000 version of its signature frozen hot chocolate called $25,000 hot chocolate, which contained which contains among many other things a blend of 28 cocos and a fifth. Of an ounce of an edible twenty-three karat gold, of I'm sorry, of twenty-three karat gold. It is served in a goblet stuffed with eighteen karat gold bracelet with a one karat of white diamonds for keeping, not eating. While Wikipedia reports they were both discontinued years ago, the restaurant's original New York location lists the Sundays on its online menu still at one grand, although it requires forty-eight hours advance notice. Hardly the makings of an improv to indulgence. That is so gauche. Even if you, I mean, the. I, Venn diagram of people who can afford that and people actually buy it. Like you have to be pretty 
day class day to be like, oh, I have so much money, I'm gonna buy a twenty five thousand dollar dessert that has some gold. Yeah, white it. diamond and gold in it, just and like, edible gold. Like that's like that's some yeah, late stage capitalism. Uh, it's stuff. it really is. Like, I mean, we've I think we've talked about this before. Just the amount of money that is spent by various people is just absurd. Right, but it's like but spending on edible gold is like even like a oh yeah i mean it's top tier insane level of why <laughs> yeah like eat like physically eating gold is i don't know what tops that what tops physically eating gold diamond i guess mm-hmm. like, can you eat that would diamond? be pretty impressive no, your diamonds are pretty hard so that would be well uh, not like i mean but like if you melt it down into like because oh. i mean you're not eating actual gold chips right. you're eating like a flake or yeah so I guess why isn't diamond like a flaky thing? Could you just not eat it? I mean, diamonds are like an extremely hard substance. So I don't know how easy it is to to, to cut them into flakes. Yeah. You're right. That's I mean, if it's even possible, I don't know. There's probably someone in the world that's trying to figure out: Can we make diamonds a topping on things so we can afford it? So we can feed it to dumb rich people? Ugh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, capitalism, yay! And now we come back and we set up. We set up Kenneth's storyline, where they have now hired a differently abled. Um, I don't know if we ever know what her job is. Diversity hire. Diversity. A diversity hire, which we don't know what she her job is, and we never see her again. Um, also, not to sound mean, should I don't know. Like, what would she be doing on the show? Is he specifically hired for the show or just for NBC in general? I guess I guess maybe NBC. Because, I mean, I'm sure there are all sorts of administrative positions maybe. that could be... I mean, she, even on the show itself. But she's in the studio in this scene. She's yeah. in the studio. Well, so I'm assuming she's on this floor. I don't know. Just a, just a curious thing. Also, Frank is wearing a Tromaville shirt, which if you don't know what Troma films are, look it up on the interwebs. Oh, Kenneth, hey, you know how the company makes an effort to hire the disabled? Do I? I wouldn't have this job if it weren't for the mouth on my back. Yeah, I'm supposed to supervise some blind chick they hired to edit the reruns, but three of the dancers just found out they're all dating the same guy, so I'm gonna go watch that. So if you see a blind chick, I don't know, um, give her one of your boring tours. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm just funning. It's all sewed up. I'll help you, miss. Thank you so much. All my friends warn me about the big city, but look, right away I meet a gentleman. Is everything okay? Because now I smell burnt plastic. Hello? Are you there? Oh, Kenneth is smitten. Yeah. So I'm assuming she's editing reruns because there's not much actual editing to be done on reruns. Like, they may have to trim for time or something, but maybe. I'm, that's prob- I'm, but probably I'm, part I'm, of the joke. Uh, maybe that is part of the joke, is that she's editing reruns, because why would you edit reruns? Because usually in syndication, they add stuff they add stuff back in, as opposed to take stuff out. Not always, but sometimes. Because I know I've seen several Simpsons episodes where stuff was taken out in the broadcast version, but in the syndication version, like, deleted scenes are added back in, because I guess... Uh, ad breaks are, sh- are shorter in syndication mm. than they are in yeah well the girly show is probably just rerunning on nbc like not yeah exactly. or wait or did you say reruns for the show or reruns for the network i reruns don't know for the network i think okay so she could be so working. she's working on a variety yeah. show so i'm just i'm just curious yeah. how that might work considering she's blind but right again that's probably the joke that there's not much 
editing to be yeah. done. That's why they hired a right. blind person so they could fulfill their their diversity hire requirement. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Although not to knock diversity programs because it, I mean it's how a lot of people in the industry get it. Like Mindy Kaling, yeah. I mean that's how she got her start, and she's obviously an extremely successful and prolific mm-hmm. writer now. Yeah. So just because someone no, hired through diversity, no, right? Well, yeah, I'm saying, I don't but, think I'm we saying were but well, no, but I'm saying just because we kind of flippantly referred to diversity hire, like oh, yeah. I should definitely want to say that yeah, 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 those yeah. programs do give lots of opportunity to people who may not have the opportunity otherwise, right. and plenty right. of people have become successful. Absolutely. And it's not just you know. It's not just the opportunity of people getting hired because of whatever, so they just need to... I mean, the networks may... Some of the networks maybe sometimes need to just make sure they're filling their quota, but yeah. it actually gives chances to talented people, so... Yeah, and honestly, Minnie Kaling behind um, Steve Carell was the best character on The Office. Just Kelly was a doof, but... Um, I don't know, she was just so goofy that it was like, I like her, she was... But she took a turn, like compared to the first first season and most of the second season, that character was way different. Because I mean, she was that very stoic, almost uh, Indian. I would say stereotype, but that's kind of mean. But she was just like very stoic, like you know, wore a lot of like tight, cl- or not tight clothes, but like clothes that covered her. By and then by the end of the office, she was not slutty. That's not the right word, but she was way more open comparatively. So um, yeah. Kelly Kapoor is a great character. Um, but I guess we should talk about Maria Thayer. Thayer? Thayer? I'm not sure how you pronounce Thayer, it. Thayer, probably. Thayer. Uh, I, she's sort of a ongoing um, character. Yeah, actress. I was she's looking at IMDb. Like, she hasn't really been a series regular much, but she's guest starred on, like, every show. Things. Every show, it seems um, like. I think her most prominent role that she ever had, and she wasn't even in every episode, but uh, Strangers with a Candy... The 99, 2000, I think around 2000, 2003, uh, Comedy Central show starring Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris and uh, Stephen Colbert. Steve Colbert, Paul Danello, and a number of other people um, that have come and gone. Um, it's so good. I think we've watched, have I, have I made you watch an episode or two? Yeah, like a few episodes from the first season. Yeah. A long time it's ago. so good, but it's so mean. It's 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 like all it was all it's always sunny, but her always sunny was everything. Like she never gets ahead, and if she does get ahead, it doesn't last for long, and she just always reverts back to being a forty eight year or God, I should know this. She's a thirty eight year old high school dropout that fell into the wrong side of the tracks. And then started school over again as a freshman in high school. It's so good. It's such a great show. But (laughs) Maria Thayer played Tammy on that show. She was like Jerry's best friend. Um, She's always just getting the the wacky hijinks. It's so good. I love that show so much. Anyway, uh, funny enough, she also uh, starred with... um, uh, she also starred with Jack McBrayer in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So this one, this was the second time these two play a couple on screen. So they have fun, fun chemistry. Fact. Fun fact. There's some IMDb trivia for you. So Liz gets some advice from Jack about what she, what he can do on the or what she can do on the date with uh, Andrew or Doctor Baird, and he suggests a night in, so they don't have to worry about the hustle and bustle of the Valentine's Day crowds. That was really good stew. Thank you. It's my own recipe where I use cheddar cheese instead of water. You know, I'm glad we stayed in tonight. It's good to take things slow. 
Well, please know that when I invited you over, I didn't realize it was Valentine's Day. Yeah, you still have that rotting jack-o'-lantern in the hallway, so I feel like you don't have a great sense of what month it is. <laughs> well, it's just gotten so small that I kind of want to see if it disappears. <laughs> so, uh, first date stuff. Where are you from? Well, um, there's a really interesting answer to that question, actually. I was born on the border of Maryland and Pennsylvania. Okay, I feel like I should do the right thing here and tell you that your breast has fallen out of your blouse and I can see all of it. Okay, well, I guess we just <laughs> jumped ahead to date four. It's not the good one either. <laughs> ah, that's funny. So, funny story. Oh, boy. So this aired in the well february so the winter slash before early spring of 2009 which is my senior year of college and i must have seen this episode like i i guess right now this time when it was first sharing was by the time i had started following 30 rock week to week because i remember around this time i went on a dates well i don't know if it was quite a date but it was like kind of like it could have been a, a, like hanging out like could have been a date type thing on valentine's day with someone and i remember coming back in that evening to uh i lived in a house with three roommates and i remember saying i feel like liz lemon because i accidentally <laughs> scheduled a first day on valentine's oh, day no. so you set it up you arranged it or did you just like did they i mean i i didn't I, I think we just we just kind of like were like oh. looking to hang out and it was and when we did it it just w probably weren't thinking that it was valentine's day and like i mean it must have been i mean gosh it must have been so this, this year february 2009 i graduated yeah. college 2009 so and I, I i distinctly remember saying i feel like it was when i got back like oh, whatever very. so it must have been like very like not long after this episode like sometime between february and may so hmm. yeah I could see that mistake happening though, especially if you're not someone that yeah. If you're not paying attention, it, and I feel like especially in college, you're like not necessarily yeah, paying that time, much ahead. So I mean, you're probably not I mean on a weekly basis, because you know what days your classes are, but like in terms of dates, like it's like it's yeah. easier to get kind of lost. I mean, in we're dates. what a week out from Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, what the hell happened to time? On, like, yeah. What's going on? That's pretty funny. I can't say I've ever scheduled a date on Valentine's Day though, so I don't have a fun story. You rarely do. It's okay. Just kidding. Rude. Meanwhile, church is going a little longer than Jack anticipated because it's Catholic and it's going to be like a six-hour mass. Jack Donaghy's office. Jonathan. Our Jonathan, brought in the office. Hallowed be my reservation. If you are able, hold my table at plunder, as we will not be there by seven. Have them delay our heavenly dessert and forgive us our lateness, as we forgive those who cause lateness against us. That's so silly, but I yeah. love it. No, he it, it's it's almost like a really bad rhyme, but it works. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if it actually was but I noticed in the last couple of episodes also this is the era of where iPhones are becoming the norm for mm -hmm. cell phones. And so this is I mean, by today's standards, those phones look ancient, but it's, you know, 10 years ago, but it's like, it's pretty remarkable how much mm -hmm. has changed. I mean, remember years. when iPod just played music and they were super coveted by everyone? That's true. It seems so everyone, long they were on, on, but... Yeah, innocuous with everyone. If you had a music yeah. player, it was most likely an iPhone. 
or an iPod rather. Um, but the Motorola Razor is making a comeback. I did see that. Uh, it yeah. looks hideous, but I guess there's an audience. I don't trust there. those. I mean, probably it's because the the Sam one Samsung tried to do was a total flop. Like the foldovers mm-hmm. that are also like touchscreen. It just like. It, it just seems like an idea that would be hard to pull off. And given how spectacularly bad the Samsung one yeah. has it, it's like, maybe it's, the Razor's going to be better. But I just seems that like whole wear, concept. The like, wear I don't, and tear seems like it would run pretty quickly. Yeah. You'd have to replace it. I mean, also, I don't want to... I mean, I just... I don't like this trend of bigger and bigger phones. It's like, I like a phone, a smartphone that's like five and more than five and a half inches. And it's like, most phones the are just getting... size. <laughs> but it's like, they're just... I, I, I noticed like... They're just getting bigger and bigger because I've had my phone for a couple years now and it's still running fine, but it's like I was just looking to see what was out there and it's like, it's hard to find anything. Like I think the Google Pixel, one of the new Pixels or something is like five and a half inches, but like other than that, like everything is now like six, six and a half. Yeah. Like it's just like... Well, it's because they become a... such multimedia things that... No, I know. I know. That's people why. like watching but stuff. But I don't, but see, so... I don't, but see, I use my tablet for that. Like I have well, a tablet. you're not for, part of the I mean, mainstream, so... That's true. It, just I just don't like watching stuff. I mean, even, I don't know. I just don't think it was a phone or something I watched stuff on. And maybe that's why. Maybe if I did, then I would. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously, there is an audience that watches a lot of stuff on handhelds. Uh, I rarely do so. If I do, it's usually like a quick YouTube kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's never like long form TV shows or anything like that. Like, if we go somewhere, it's either with a tablet or with our laptops that we usually will watch something on yeah usually but uh so the date's still going pretty bad for liz and and dr baird well thank you for explaining that i always wanted to know how a universal remote works well that's how it does would you excuse me just one second i'll be right back Your brownies are burning. You want me to take them out? Oh, yes, please. Uh, but whatever you do, don't open that kitchen window. No! No, too soon. <laughs> oh, Liz. So, Got caught in the bathroom. First, in that scene, they're planting the seeds for his a, a later, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say, but about his intellect. When yeah. telling, I would the his line about being taught how to use a universal remote seems like a joke, but as we learn later about his character, that was probably a completely straightforward but line. Do you know how universal remote works? Yes, I, mean, I don't know. I haven't used one in years, but something my... like you might be a regular Doctor Baird yourself. Sure. No, I know. I I'm, if I'm going to play the devil's advocate, though, like I mean, I don't think a lot of people know exactly how a universal remote works in terms of like how. It, how it knows to connect to each machine as opposed to, you know, like your remote's going to work on your TV because there's just one connection. A universal remote's connecting to multiple devices. So there's probably an explanation there that would be that interesting, but there's an answer there that would probably be intriguing to some. So don't be so judgmental. (laughs) I was saying, I think that's foreshadowing his dumbness. No, I agree. I think think it does work, but it never pays off. Also, so does Liz's bathroom door just not close all the way? Because probably it's probably just like the way like the old building is. Yeah. It's probably like it closes. But if we we'll say like you like if we open one of these doors or close one of these doors, the draft just pushes one opener can help. Well, right, like suction, right. So it's probably something it like helps. That. Well, that helps close doors that are open. But like this is a door that is closed opening. 
Like maybe, if, if our doors are closed, the they, they're not going to open if there's a. But the air of the suction yeah. is is pulling it open. Maybe I'm saying, or maybe maybe it just has a weak door latch. I don't know. Could be that tomato, tomato. Yeah. Anyway, I did not mean to overanalyze that. Yes, we do. That's what we do here. The draft made the door fly open. No, it's not a big deal. So we skipped from date four to date. 20. No, date never. I would never let that happen. Liz, it's okay. I'm a doctor. I've seen much worse. Really? I'm just kidding. That was pretty bad. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I, sorry, I have to get this. Hello? Mandy. Yeah, no, I'm downstairs in 3B. Why? No, Mandy, you can't just drop her off without calling. Mandy? Is that like a guy friend like Mandy Patinkin? No, I can't. Because I am on a date right now. No, Mandy, don't hang up. Sorry. That was my ex-wife. My daughter, Bethany, is on her way up. You have a daughter? You will see her. You will say she's cute. But let me just say that she is complicated. My mother usually watches her when I can't, but my mother has been in the hospital recently, and she isn't doing very well, and it's been hard for me to handle. I'm sorry that all this keeps falling apart. I was really looking forward to tonight. Well, we could try again some other time. Or... I'm listening. Maybe tonight is a gift. Maybe we embrace the toilet thing and the bra incident and my ex-wife and my daughter and we just get it all out in one night. And if by the end of it we still like each other, then maybe it's the real thing. Okay, that would be Bethany. Um, this is it. The express train is leaving the station. I'm on the train. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, we come back, uh, Mass is still going, uh, and now they're giving a prayer for all of the <laughs> pregnant members, and it's it's a really funny joke because like the first three are all Alvarez's, and it's either the same family or it's just coincidental, all last names. Catholics getting pregnant, oh and, my yeah, god. And it's all alphabetical order, so Jack makes a joke of, we'll be here all night. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun, but Selma, I'm sorry, Elisa thinks he's had enough, but they just have to go to confession. And now... A prayer for the pregnant members of our congregation. Anita Alvarez. Anna Alvarez. Annabel Alvarez. Honey, this is a Catholic church. We'll be here until morning. All right, I've been good. Let's go. We just have to go to confession before we leave. Okay, here's how this is going to go. We're going to sit here in silence for about three minutes. Then I'm going to take my girlfriend to plunder where the Pope himself could not get a table. You sound troubled, my son. Can it farm? That was a nice try, though. So, you might not recognize that actor. I sure don't. Do you remember Wet Hot American Summer? I sure do. Uh, he was, I couldn't tell you the character's name, but he was like the bigger guy, uh, shaggy looking hair. He didn't really stand out too much. I don't think he had much of a role. Mm. Um, but if you saw a picture, I'm sure if I saw a picture that, yeah, I would. Yeah. Man, what happened there? Can someone was good? The movie and the show, the prequel or the sequel movie. Yeah, the was... first the first season of the Netflix show was good. The second season was mm. not. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking with that. I don't know if it was like too much too soon or just there's. I felt like there was just a spark missing from it. Yeah, and they couldn't get some of the people back either, so that was kind of a bummer too. Like Bradley Cooper wasn't he didn't come back, so they replaced him with Adam Scott. Yeah. And there's someone else missing, I think. So if you've seen What Hot American Summer, you've seen this guy. He was the bigger guy, striped white just striped yellow shirt. 
but he's been on a ton of other things. He's he's uh, I think uh, the same as like the UCB guys of uh, he was his Michael Ian Black that, that whole troop of, of of comedic actors. He was part of them just stand up trying to make it work kind of thing. Um, but we come to Thirty Rock and. Kenneth slash Tracy has gotten a table at the fanciest restaurant in all of New York. That limo ride was weird. It felt like we just circled the block 50 times. That's how you get to Manhattan's fanciest restaurant. Ah, Monsieur Possel. Votre table est prête. I didn't know it was a French restaurant. Yes, I found it on my favorite website. Stopshowingoff.com That was a very clever line because it works on very perfectly on both levels. Yeah, no, it's it's a great job. And then the the whole foley work of Grizz like hitting plates and and glasses to make it feel like it's actual restaurant. Like it's just there's a lot going on in this scene that for a three minute scene it's just it works really well. Yeah. It's, it's also really funny. if that character's name wasn't dot com, what joke would they have written instead? I don't know. It works so perfectly that way. It was a yeah, it just all lines. They named him that all the it's way back like in season one just smart, for this joke. <laughs> yeah, smart Actually, maybe they the did just room. so like, well, if we ever need it, we can we use can, it for that purpose. We can pay it off. Hopefully the internet sticks around. <laughs> busy tonight. It's the best darn tootinous restaurant in all of New York. This is the best night ever. Thank you, Kenneth. You're one in a million. Man, can you believe we're working on Valentine's night? My fiance is going to be upset. Not to worry. I sent her flowers and a beautiful car. You're the best. That's a fun payoff of an earlier joke. I think we played it. We have not, but um, I think Tracy makes the comment of... Uh, They're talking about Love at First Sight. Yeah, I think Tracy's talking to Kenneth. He's like, I haven't seen Love at First Sight since, uh, since Dot com set his eyes on Grizz's fiance. <laughs> Which that, that joke will continue to run into season four of all things. Uh, where Grizz and Dotcom's fiance, I'm sorry, <laughs> Grizz. Well, Grizz's who knows? It might be very open. Yeah, Grizz's fiance, fiance, get married. Um, but Jack breaks the priest. Don't you have faith? I have faith in things I can see and buy and deregulate. Capitalism is my religion. Now you want to have an intellectual argument? Fine, but I should warn you. I went to Princeton. I went to Harvard Divinity School. Oh. You crimson guys never miss a chance, do you? You want a confession? Let's get this done so I can go eat. I'm divorced. I take the Lord's name in vain often and with great relish. I hit my mother with a car, possibly by accident. I almost let him choke to death right there on the football field. I looked the other way when my wig-based parent company turned a bunch of children orange. I once claimed I am God during a deposition. I may have sodomized our former vice president while under the influence of some weapons-grade narcotics. It feels good to say that out loud, actually. That one was weighing on me. Well, I I don't know what to say. I don't want you to say anything. I already made that clear. Then what brought you here tonight? What brought me here? What brings anyone anywhere? Why do men build bridges? Why are there jets? I was hoping to have sex tonight. Have you ever made love to a woman, Father? Come on, man. Imagine cradling your face into the curve of a velvety soft neck. Your hands cupping the warm heft of the greatest pair of... I need backup. Harvard did not prepare me for this. Father?
So unfortunately, Dr. Baird's mother is taking a turn for the worse. So him and Liz rush to the hospital and we cut back and there's some live entertainment at the world's fanciest restaurant in Manhattan. Entertainment? Not just any entertainment. The best singer in the world, Michael McDonald. That's so funny, especially the way she delivers it. <laughs> I didn't, it's sort of a payoff. To, well, I really like her reaction when, like, he's setting her up, like the greatest singer alive. She's like, <gasps> she's so, then, she's so like, excited. Don, she's like immediately destroyed, and then she's like, I still gotta perform. Uh, but that pays off an earlier joke, I think, uh, at the end of season one, where Tracy's like being. There's some reason Tracy was not allowed to perform Michael McDonald songs. I can't remember what the setup was. I, I don't think it was the Black Crusaders, because that wouldn't make sense why Michael McDonald... Maybe it was. Maybe he was getting blackballed. But Because I, I remember Kenneth came up to him and was like, and you can't... And Michael McDonald said you can't record any more of his songs. So Tracy has an affinity for Michael McDonald that was established and pays off here. So, But I think this is a resurgence of love for Michael McDonald or ironic love for Michael McDonald because he was also kind of a big part of 40-Year-Old Virgin mm-hmm. in the store that for whatever reason Jane Lynch's character just continuously plays the same live Michael McDonald video to show like you know like big Radio Shack or uh, Circuit City stores just show TVs and and Paul Rudd has the joke of like if you don't take the I've, I've worked I've been here for several years, and I finally worked to the courage to say this to you, that if you don't take this Michael McDonald CD that you've been playing for three years off, I'm going to burn the store to the ground, and I'm going to kill myself. And she's like, get back to work. It's such a good line. It's so funny. Not that suicide's funny. Suicide's not funny. But there's a showdown at church, and Elisa cannot believe that Jack has embarrassed her in front of everyone, especially the... Saint Lucia, the patron saint of judgmental statues. Thank you. Which that's not actually what Saint Lucia is, and I'll tell you who that is when we come back. You torture that poor priest. Let me ask you something. Do you even believe in the teachings of the Catholic Church? No. But I saw your photo with the Pope. That's just good business. I have photos with a lot of people. The Dalai Lama, Rabbi Yosef, Toby Keith. I see. You have no faith, only business. You know what your problem is, Jack? You intellectualize everything with your big head. Well, you have big boobs. Which you'll never touch again. This conversation has taken an unfortunate turn. Maybe this is God trying to tell me that we do not belong together. Maybe this is a sign. Look, my driver just pulled up. That's a sign. God wants us to leave here, get a good meal, and go to town on each other. How dare you say something like that so close to the statue of Santa Lucia, the patron saint of judgmental statues? Go to your stupid restaurant. Eat your gold ice cream. Please come with me. No. You blew it, Jack. And now you will never see the crazy underwear I have on. Elisa. What kind of God would let that happen? <laughs> it's 
Salma Hayek is so funny in that scene yeah. from the, like all her line delivery. Yeah. And then the end with just like, you'll never see all my crazy underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really great. I mean, it's so goofy that it's, but it's also like, it's like their first real fight. So there's some, some weight to it. But at the same time, it's like, what you're arguing over is just so silly. Um, but St. Lucia is a real saint. Um, but she's actually the patron saint of the blind, which kind of points ah. out the fact that there was a storyline about the blind. Um, but yeah, so the patrons, the saint that they show, um, I'm not exactly sure who they show, um, but it's not, it's not Saint Lucia because she's usually, well, it could be, it could be, but typically the patron saint of, uh, or Saint Lucia is usually uh, depicted as uh, either having her hands over her eyes or blindfolded, so. Could be just a different interpretation. I don't know, but there you go. There's some fun facts about Catholicism. As if you ever needed them. The more you know. The more you know. Like NBC. Uh, we get to the hospital, and there's a revelation. Oh, Drew, finally. Who's this? This is Liz. This is our first date. On Valentine's Day? Funny story, he saw me on the toilet. Liz? Uh, Dr. Baird, your mother's asked to speak to you privately. Mom? Who is that? That's my friend Liz. Hi, Mrs. Baird. It's too soon, Andrew. I know we tried to take it slow. Life. I have more I want to do. Oh, right, you, of course. I'm going to grab her chart. I'll be right back. Um. Mandy? You look terrible. Oh, no, I'm not Mandy. I'm Liz. Mandy, you have to tell Drew something for me. The woman he thinks is his sister is really his mother. What? I'm his grandmother. You have to tell him or I won't get into heaven. Oh my god. No, I know religion is pretty crazy, but that. <laughs> like, I don't know if that would keep you out of heaven. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I that always makes me laugh, that, that revelation, because it's so quick and, like, no one has any time to react. Like, she knows she has, like, 30 seconds to live. She has to admit to it. But I always thought that, like, I know it's not that actress, but I always, every time I see that scene, even after looking at the IMDb, that's not Yardley Smith who plays Lisa on The Simpsons. Oh. But it looked, because it, I mean, she looks older, right. but that could have been makeup. They, they, and it, it sounds not. very much like her. I was like, I always think that that's Lisa's voice actress, and it's not. But yeah, it's just, it always gives me pause when I first see her. But that, that's a, what a, that, that whole family tree could explain why in a few couple episodes we learn why uh, Dr. Baird is dumb <laughs> too much inbreeding it could be it could be just a, a not splintered out too much family tree there's probably only just a couple of branches um but we come back to 30 rock and the night is coming to a close and she wants to feel slash see uh her date and it doesn't go as well as he thinks it would Thank you for a truly unbelievable evening. It doesn't have to end here, y'all, Zs. Wait, this isn't right. Kenneth, why do you suddenly sound white? I lied to you, Jennifer. I was too scared to talk to you, so my sophisticated friend Tracy said the things that I couldn't. I'm very, very sorry. Well, if you could have talked to me, what would you have said? That you're the sweetest, 
prettiest, blindest girl I've ever met. And when I'm with you, my heart jumps like a frog on July asphalt right before it dies. You're so beautiful on the inside, Kenneth Parcell. Can I feel your face? <laughs> oh, look at the time. I forgot I have a, a thing. That is cold, blind lady. Oh, and by the way, you're not so attractive yourself. No, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm hot. Yes, you are. I tried. Did we get the part that it reveals how she lost her sight? Because she, she stared at the eclipse. Stared at the eclipse, yeah. yeah. I think we got that clip. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> it's I mean, I guess we should have also just explained the visual aspect of her feeling his face. Like everything she starts at the top of the head and everything's fine, then she gets like his mouth and his chin. And I guess it's not enough chin for her, so... And then I, I always like when a blind person has the joke of, oh, look at the time, and they they fo- they motion to their wrist like they're wearing yeah, a see, watch. See, I was like, remember, like, I was like, wait a second, Did, like... Oh, it went over your head. No, 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 it didn't go over my... No, it didn't go over my head. I was saying, like, wait a second, like, is that something... Would an actual blind person actually, like, pull up their wrist like that I to look at they, it? You know what I mean? If they were... If they became blind, and but they're so used to that motion of looking, but it's also funny because she's not even wearing a watch, right? Well, but right, it's also like a blind person probably wouldn't be wearing a watch no, anyway either. Right. But yeah, well, it's all just silly. I, I was thinking like, is that like a natural motion. gesture for a blind person? If you're blind, you wouldn't, I mean, ever be in the habit of like yeah, pulling up your wrist to look at the time. time. I realize, I mean, I realize that visual aspect like makes the quote joke funnier, but yeah, I, I was know. thinking about the mechanics. We of should it. find a blind person and ask them these potentially harmful questions so Sounds you can't like read, a bad idea you can't read a watch but if someone says what time is it do you still make the motions with your hands and they'll say no that's stupid <laughs> please get out of my face why are you yelling at me please leave ah. and lastly uh elisa has seen a sign in the collection plant because someone thought a mcflurry coupon <laughs> Would be the best gesture to God go likes McFlurries. Who doesn't like McFlurries, I guess. So they thought Jesus might want a McFlurry on this St. Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, but she meets Jack at the McDonald's. I'll have a, uh, a, a McFlurry, McFlurry, please. And I have a coupon. You know where I found it? In the collection plate. It was a sign. I followed it, and it brought us back together. Now do you believe? I believe. I believe that we were reunited by the most successful capitalist enterprise of the last hundred years, despite the McLean Deluxe or the McEmu. Whatever. Someone's trying to tell us that we belong together. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's Ray Kroc. Maybe it's the Hamburglar. Happy Valentine's Day, Kedita. Happy Sad Valentine's Day, my amor. So I think we missed the first bit um, that might help explain that joke just a little bit more. So when Liz is expressing to Jack why she doesn't want to blow this date, 
he's listing off reasons as to who, what this this guy might actually be. He might because, be well, because he's so case. handsome, right? Because he's so handsome and he is interested in his average. Yeah. Uh, he makes the comment of like a Ted Bundy, a Ted Bundy type case where Ted Bundy was a handsome serial arguably, killer, arguably handsome person who ended up being a serial killer. Um, and but he was also so stupid. He was a stupid man. Um, but sometimes the handsomeness is all you need to get by. Look at me, I'm doing great. <laughs> So that one sit there. Anyway, that's St. Valentine's Day. What did you think of the episode? I thought it was a good, funny episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I think it's... uh... Except for actually, you know what? Except for the confessional scene. I didn't really care for the confessional scene. It was awkward. Really? Yeah. I thought it was good. I mean, I think it was good for Jack's character because it still shows, like, he's still, above all, he's a capitalist at heart. Even even before God, he yeah. puts... He no, puts that part was okay. I guess what, it just, like, the lecherous talk. Like, for some reason, whenever, like, he does that, I find mm. it just creepy off-putting. in like an off-putting way. Yeah. What I mean, it, not that it's... And not that it's not true to the character. It's just for some reason, like, I find it creepily odd anyway. So that, that's probably why. Well, mission accomplished. Yes. But anyway, apart from that, you know, I thought it was I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah. Uh, so back to back, do you think this is a better episode than the last? Uh, one? No, generally Simo was funnier, but yeah. this was still a good episode. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, th- I think generally Simo is just a little bit. Mm, there's just I don't know. There's just something about watching him play another character and just the absurdity of the, what this Helen novella was and all those small things of like again the dynamite being strapped to the kid and the kid having no reaction or any emotion to the scene or. The I'm gonna drink this potion that's gonna make me immortal, like things like that. It's just yeah. so silly and over the top that it was just so funny. Um, that I, I just like that episode a little bit better. But this one's still like the Tracy and Kenneth storyline is so funny. Uh, just the blind lady, she's still so confident because, yeah, I don't know. It's just there's a lot to take away. And then of course the reveal that the, the his that Doctor Baird's mom was. Um, was his grandmother and his sister is his mom which as far as i remember never pays off so it's just like but that's kind of the one thing that i kind of get hung up on this is like man i wish that had come back i wish that had been like a smaller story arc or something like him trying to figure out how to navigate his family now that he knows that and does anyone else know it things like that but it's it's a small concession that i'm like yeah it's not that big of a deal so I, i can look past it but yeah no solid episode any other thoughts Nine. Nine. We should go to confessional. No, we shouldn't. I don't know why I'd go to confessional. I could even remember anything I would confess to or what I would consider needs to be confessed about. You know, like, because you're supposed to sell everything bad that you've done. I don't know. I feel like, though, that's a thing that could be, like, a hipster thing where it turns out where you go to confessional and, like, confess things and it's, like... Yeah. It's like some, I don't know, just ends up sort of being some. Sort of, I I don't know exactly no, how it would work. It just seems like I mean I I bet you could turn it into some sort of concept where people would pay to go and confess. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. I don't know quite absolutely. how it would work, but I feel like there's I feel like there's just something there because like a would, pop up pop up confessional yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that's something like some like trendy whatever. I feel nonsense. like I feel like if religion keeps going the way it will, like people our age in like the next ten years, it'll be this cycle where they start going back to church for oh. whatever reason. I just I can see that happening, and it would just be like, 
I don't know about that. I don't know. It just feels like there's a there's a turn that always happens. Like everything's everything sort of operates on this like balance. Of, but I mean, most European nations have only become more secular over time. It's not like they're. I mean, not like they turn back. Yeah. No, I, I mean my my happy rainbow ending is religion is a thing that people care about, but not the end all be all thing that they make their lives about. Like if you have religion in your life, that's totally fine. But you don't make I'm glad it. How do you approve? No, you just don't like no, it. Make it the center. I know, of your no, existence I know. Kind of thing. Yes, like, and use it to yes, and use it to dictate the rights of others. That's exactly. the most important. Yeah, like our parents, or not? Yeah, take, like your parents are the same as my parents. Like there's an age difference, but they're the same generation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like your parents were pre- like. Did you guys go to church or temple? Not church, but temple. Yeah. Yeah. But was that like a regular thing, or did you just go like on the high holy day? Oh, definitely more often than that. Not like every week, but. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how to say so exactly. Conveniently like, Jewish. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I mean, more often, so like more often than just the holidays, but not every week. So maybe yeah. like I don't know, like twenty weeks a year. I don't know if that's. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, well that, also that's reform, also reform Judaism services. I mean, are pretty laid back in the scene of things. Kick your feet so. back. Put them up on the pew. Well, Did the pews nah. in there? Yeah. Okay. Yes, but no one was not that casual. <laughs> Kick your yarmulkes off. Let's have a relaxed day. Actually, yarmulkes are optional or optional in the reform. Right. Hey, I mean, most up, people still wear them, here, but yeah. especially on high holidays. But it's not like a requirement. I think like it is. In, in I could count on like one hand the amount of times we went to church that wasn't a wedding or anything else. Like we just didn't go because. We, we one we weren't a religious family and two because my whole of my family save for me all liked NASCAR and NASCAR is not church NASCAR was on during church time so <gasps> they really there seems like there would be so much overlap I'm it's surprised like every Sunday well I mean I know NASCAR or maybe it like, started like around noon I mean so it seems like there would be a massive church, overlap but... between people who go to church regularly and people who watch NASCAR mm-hmm. so. Uh, I can't. I mean, that would seem weird to me. I think my parents are also pretty lazy, but yeah. like, and plus, also, like, a, a church is like a community thing, and right. we weren't really part of a community necessarily, and like, we weren't the most sociable family. Surprise! Um, so, like, I don't know. I feel like if we did go, we'd just be like guilted. Like, why don't you come more often and things like that? My parents weren't going to have that, so they would just rather watch NASCAR and celebrate the saint the patron saint of turning left for four hours ha that's a lot of bad jokes on that note on that note time to end (laughs) thank you for joining us on go to there as always uh rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff is really going to help us out the most um we're coming up on a year we're five episodes out of doing this for a year so heavens we'll have our anniversary soon enough uh but uh We'll look forward to the next episode, episode 48, season 3, episode 12, Larry King, wherein Tracy goes on Larry King while there's an Asian, an Asian economic crisis that forces uh, Jack and Elisa's relationship to the breaking point. Also, Jorgensen's back. David, take us out. See you next time.
Wait, this isn't right. Kenneth, why do you suddenly sound white? 